everyone. Welcome to the Epic Vision Zone. My name is Jane Applegath, a former award-winning stockbroker, television producer, yoga instructor, and serial entrepreneur, now founder of the Epic Vision Zone. Each show, we offer you an inspiring person or message to bring you closer to your big dream by showing you how to enter the portal to possibilities, prosperity, and potential so that you can live your epic life now. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Andy Andrews wrote, life itself is a privilege, but to live life to the fullest, well, that is a choice. Meet Felicia Searcy, AKA the Impact Multiplier, a four-time award-winning transformational coach, international speaker, author, and minister. Felicia reveals the secrets to leapfrogging your struggles and living big while breaking the cycle of almost there in all areas of your life. Felicia's purpose is her passion, to empower you to discover and express your extraordinary life, the one that rockets your impact person personally and for others. As the impact multiplier, she has helped thousands create a path for living their dream life full out, which means fully connected, fully joyous, and fully prosperous. Her proven dream activation code helps multiply people's results to create a richer, more fulfilling life. For more than 20 years, she has worked with people from all walks of life who seek the spiritual component that accelerates success. A highly sought after international speaker Felicia had shared the stage with powerhouse leaders like the international speaker, Mary Morrissey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network, Sandra Yancey, and international motivational speaker, Les Brown. She has been featured on ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox, and we are so honored to have her here today. Welcome, Felicia. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, my absolute pleasure to be here with you today, Jane. Well, I can't wait to get started on the information that we have just covered in the intro. And we're going to begin with what it was that drove you, your passion and your purpose to do the work that you do today. Yeah, so I, I love the question. Um, you know, like many people who are listening, my background, there was nothing in my background to suggest that I would be where I am today, that um, I grew up in a household where both my parents struggled with um, mental illness, there was addiction, there was a terrific amount of violence. Um, so I learned early on to see life as something not to trust, you know, to stay below the radar, not to ask too much. And, um, um, you know, and I felt really responsible for what was going on in uh, my world. And I actually was so filled with uh, despair that I actually got to a point where I really began to entertain whether or not I even wanted to stay on this side of things. And, you know, I always tell the story that I grew up in a tradition where it was a mortal sin to take your own life and for whatever, and you wouldn't get buried inside the cemetery. And for whatever the reason that made a difference. And I just kept imagining my family gathered on the outside of the cemetery, like, you know, on the sidewalk where, um, um, uh, you know, you're next to it, but you're not quite in it for whatever the reason that image, you know, kept me from 
like doing the worst case scenario. And there was a point, and I think that this is, you know, really important for everybody, right? That there's a point where you're, there's an opening that there's, there's was such a sense of desperation and some, such a sense of, oh my God, there has got to be something different. And it's in that moment that there's an opening where something, an alternative, something more expansive can present itself. And that's when I began to hear that there truly was a different way to live, that there was a, uh, a divine energy that wanted me to live abundantly, that there were these immutable laws that dictate and govern our results and that my history couldn't inform me, but it no longer had to define me. And when I started learning that, I grabbed hold of it for everything I was worth and studied and dug and applied. And you gotta have a telescope to see, especially today where my life was then. And I saw that it wasn't because of being specially chosen or luck, but that there really was a system. And when I realized that I was applying a system and that this could be uh, applicable to everybody, I've been on fire with helping other people take this and translate it into their lives where they're now living a life of richness, fulfillment, you know, their, their epic life, using your words, that, you know, they can take what I've learned and apply it to, to live their epic life. And so I am on fire with this because it's possible for all of us. In fact, it's the way that we are created to live. We are meant to live this way. Yes, that was so powerful. Mm, you had so many, so many fabulous nuggets there, Felicia. I love that you said, I realized that my history could inform me, but it doesn't define me. Oh my yeah. gosh, that is the door opened. And you had a visualization of your family standing on the sidewalk where you didn't quite get <laughs> in. But that's vision is well, vision is my wheelhouse, and it just goes to yeah. show you how powerful that can be. And yeah. uh, yes, we are. I have to say that was, and I know there's a lot of people that can relate. There's no question that you are here, and you that that purpose and that passion just emanates from you. And I could see why definitely why. So thank you for sharing that story. So that being the case, what is the big question we all need to ask ourselves and why does it matter? Yeah. So speaking of vision, so everybody has a vision for their life, right? Whether it's a, um, um, it's a desired vision or whether it's a default vision. And, and you know this because this is what you teach. We can't turn this visioning capacity off, right? We're always seeing something for our lives. I'm getting to the question. I just want to give some context to it. Um, that we all, um, we all see something for our lives and that which we are visioning and mentally rehearsing consistently, it then becomes our organize, you know, it's what we organize our life around. So what we're running through our head becomes the organizing pattern for our energy, for our decisions, for our activities. And then also understanding that we live and move and have being in a field of energy where there are waves of what quantum physics calls un unformed energy hanging out in superposition. 
And whatever we are predominantly visioning in this amazing faculty of our imagination literally has an energy to it that then impresses into this invisible field. And that energy then organizes around what we are predominantly thinking and feeling. It's the basic explanation of the law of attraction. And this is not new information. People have heard this before. And if we really got this, then we would come to understand the imperative of learning how to take authority over our imagination and, and use our imagination to create images and visions that align with what we want. So then with that said, then the most powerful, potent, truly holiest of all questions that we can work with. And I want you to write this down because you will forget is what would I love? What would I love? What would I love to do, have, give, be? What would I love? Understanding that it is the energy of love itself seeking to uh, seeking an avenue to express more out in the world. And you now become that channel, that vehicle through which love expresses in the form of the answer to that question. So when we start working with the question, what would I love? It, it seems, and, and again, uh, Jane, you know this because of the work that you do. It's so deceptively simple yet it is the most difficult yet powerful question that we can work with and to really get that you're entering into a conversation with the force of love itself when we're working with that question yes absolutely love actually gratitude has the highest vibration but love is the second and so yeah. when you tap into that what you're doing is your frequency is connecting with those you're meant to connect with you are i i who you seek is seeking you so the work that you do that's and the love that's that's a Rumi um quote who i love um yes absolutely that was so powerful what do i love oh my gosh Yes, I will keep that and repurpose that over and over because that is something that we don't, as humans, especially as we get older, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but we don't feel worthy anymore, I think, or yeah. um, compassion enough to ask ourselves, what do we love? We sometimes get so caught up in the day-to-day -day and the responsibilities and the static, as I call it, that's out there, uh, that it infiltrates our, our ability to ask ourselves these very important questions. And we say, well, I don't have time to know what I love. It doesn't matter what I love. I have these duties to do. I have these responsibilities. But oh my gosh, yes, we have to take that time and, and, and find out what it is that we love. Wow, thank you. That was, so here we go then what do you think it is that people really want if we figure out what we love then what is yeah. it that we want what i have come to discover and you know maybe this is just the 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 groups um that i'm running it in and you know the people that i've had such a remarkable privilege of working with 
the fundamental um, desire that people have is that they want to make a difference. They want to know that they matter and they want to make a difference. And when you understand that that desire knocking at the door of your heart is not your desire, that it is actually this, this uh, infinite intelligence, divine presence, you know, uh, life force energy that's wanting to be known more in our world. And, and you are the vehicle through which it expresses and it, it, uh, it wakes us up to its presence in the form of our desire and also to realize that um, um, you are this unlimited being with just crazy amounts of, of power and capability. And the only way that this source energy has of waking us up to that greater brilliance, that greater power, that greater amazingness that it is you is to put something in your heart that's bigger than who you know today, than who you are today knows how to do. So when we, um, you know, when you're working with that question, what would I love and understanding that deep down, the very fact that you're part of Jane's uh, community and you're listening and watching her podcast and my book is evidence that there's that in you that wants to make a profound difference because you wouldn't be hanging out with Jane if that wasn't the case. When you follow the thread of what would I love, you come to understand that when you answer that call, that is your highest contribution. That is the way that you make your biggest difference. And that's where the deepest soul uh, fulfillment and satisfaction begins to happen for you. So what people want is to make a difference. To make a difference. Yes. We all want to make a difference, have an impact yeah. and uh, have an impact and an influence on, on, on what we, we, we love and share that. And I love that you, you just basically talked about the uh, intelligent life force that is there to yeah. push us through or pull us through. Um, and I just wanted to delve a little bit into that. When you say an intelligent uh, force, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, we could spend all day talking about that, right? I mean, that's a lifetime conversation. <laughs> that there is this indescribable uh, power from which everything emitted, right? That it, it is the creative energy, it's the creative force behind everything. And, 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 you know, we, we live in this field of energy that's creative, that's generative, that's responsive. And so there's, it's an energy field that's responsive. And then it's an energy field that's activating that, it, that initiates. And so um, it's the energy in which we were created, that we were, we were all woven from this energy, um, itself and the only thing it had to use when it created us was the energy of itself and so you know people call it god people call it spirit i i have a number of names for it just depends on what i need to know about it in the moment you know infinite intelligence in the words of napoleon hill wallace waddles who wrote the book the science of getting rich talks about um this invisible stuff uh you know abraham uses source energy but it's all talking about this, um, you know, the, um, the one 
the one energy source from which all is created that responds to us and initiates in us. And so we build on, we build um, our awareness that there truly is a power at work through us and all around us. And, and that um, we begin to um, understand that our desire, you know, the answer to the question, what would you love is really life's force energy's invitation for us to come into a deeper sense of communion and companionship with this presence, then we come to understand, you know, who we are, whose we are, and how loved and supported um, and poured into we are. And so um, our, our purpose is to make impact. And, and the way we do that is to come into a deeper relationship with this, this indescribable energy that's here. You know, we can't see it, but you know, it always amazes me. I got a, I got a metal rectangle that's flipped up that I'm talking into right now. Right. And nothing's connected and I'm here and I can't see these invisible signals that are allowing me, you know, you're only in Scottsdale and I'm in Tucson, but still that's two hours from each other. And, you know, with these invisible waves that are going through uh, um, the ethers, that's almost immediate in terms of its responsiveness. We believe that. So now it's to deepen our, our belief in this, um, uh, this infinite power, this eternal power that is present in the invisible, but we see evidence of it all around us. So lots of words. I don't know if that exactly answered your question, but you know, how do you answer the question? What do you mean when you talk about this invisible intelligence in like 60 seconds or less? <laughs> right. No, you did a great job. And I, I do understand. I, I call it a frequency. Um, you know, I, yeah. I often, I often associate it to radio waves and that's why I say there's static because when we're not in tune, when we're not in alignment with our desires or with our path, then that's when we get the stress, we get the overwhelm, we get dis-ease. Um, and, yeah. but being in alignment with those frequencies, we tune into who we are meant to be who we are here to serve, uh, but that is a practice. And I say every day is a practice. And the more we practice, the better we get at living our fulfilled life. So yes, that's absolutely. it, Jane, it's like a muscle, right? Yes, we've got it is. decades of training ourselves to see things according to conditions, to see, to anticipate what could go wrong, to downplay our desires. And so when we're talking about what we're talking about, they can feel very unfamiliar in the, in the beginning. It can, you know, you, you shared earlier about the unworthiness, you know, the very act of dreaming into something more expansive is going to wake up those pockets of us that have had reasons not to do it in the first place. Um, and to under, you know, it's really powerful when you understand that really, a key purpose for that desire is to actually wake those pockets up. Right. So now you can shine the light of awareness on them and do the work to shift them to come into like what you're talking about, more of a vibration, a frequency, an alignment with the person who belongs in that life that can have that life. And that's the mastery. That's the daily rigor. 
the discipline because we're right. either thinking from the state of status quo or we're thinking from the awareness of the possibility. And in any given moment, we're transmitting a signal to this invisible field around us and it's picking it up and organizing accordingly. Right. Well, this actually probably leads right into our next question, which is you talk about the dream activation code. Mm -hmm. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So as I shared when I was sharing my stories that I discovered that there really is a spiritual success system. There's a system to success. And when we really start studying the laws, um, we come to understand that our, um, um, we have the ability to consciously and intentionally create. So as we're working with the system, we become more intentional about that. So first of all, it's to understand that there are these invisible laws that govern our results and to dedicate your life to learning how to unlock the power of that. Then if we really believe that, we would treat our thinking, we would treat our imagination so reverently and we would, uh, make it a point to design a dream, design a vision, which is, you know, the, the use of the, um, the question, what would I love? So that's the first step is to design an image, a vision to rehearse in your, uh, movie screen of your mind, according to Joseph Murphy with the answer of what would I love? Now that's, we don't stop there, right? I love what Jim Carrey says. He says, you know, you don't visualize and go to the refrigerator and make a sandwich that now we want to do something with it. The next step is to build a relationship with your vision. Right now, you are perfectly related to your current life. And by the way, if you're watching this and you're hanging out with Jane, you've got a really good life. And Life wants more for you, through you, and from you. Who you are today, you don't belong who you are today in your dream life. In fact, if it's big enough, you don't know how to do your dream life. That's good news. You don't want something that you know how to do because then it's a worthy goal, but it's not your dream. It's not your vision. When you understand that the purpose of that vision is to help you develop and discover more of your brilliance, more of your gifts, more of your capabilities, and to bring those out and to, to develop those, then you understand the reason for number two, which is to build a relationship with your dream, and more importantly, to build a relationship with the person who achieved your dream, that you are literally doing a process, what I call zip yourself into the skin of the man or the woman who already achieved this because your future self already exists and you can let that future self start informing who you are today in terms of the um, what you need to take on in terms of qualities and characteristics in order to start becoming that person. The reason why this is so important is that you will never outperform the way you see yourself. So when the good starts coming, if you have not done the work to be able to open your arms and give consent to that good, that's, if you, if you don't do that work of feeling like you belong to that good and the good belongs to you, this is when the imposter syndrome starts showing up. You know, people talk a lot about, I'm a great manifester. And they can hold the vibration and visualize long enough to manifest the thing that they want, 
But what I have discovered over decades of doing this work and the thousands of people that I've had the honor of working with, when the stuff comes, they're constantly looking over their shoulder wondering how long is it going to last and do I really deserve this? Can I depend on this? And so even though the result is in their life, they're not at peace. They're not able to really be fully present for it. I call it episodic manifestation. People know how to, they go from manifestation to manifestation to manifestation, but they haven't brought themselves along. And so when you work with the second step of building a relationship with the vision and building a relationship with the person in the vision, you're bringing yourself along where you belong in that life as it manifests. The other thing that you're doing with that is that you're doing what's called generating the state of being. As you generate a new state of awareness, you now have access to a, a whole new level of intelligence, a whole new level of creativity, and you're able to tap into a stream of intelligence that's always inspiring us. The thing that blows me away is that when you think about this, we have everything required to fulfill your desire. There's not a single thing that has to be added. You know, think of this. I'm going to be flying to, um, where am I going next? I'm flying to Colorado. And, you know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, if I wanted, to, let's say 200, if I wanted to go from Tucson to Colorado, I either walked or rode a horse. Those were probably my choices, maybe a wagon. Think of this. Every step along the way, we had the capacity to get on an airplane. Nothing was added to our world to build airplanes. We had to come into a place to be able to think like that long enough and sustained enough and to really see it in order to pull out the ideas and the resources and the direction to be able to take everything that has already been here and then use it to build a way to be able to get to Denver in a matter of two hours versus days. So when you start thinking from vision and identify yourself as the person who achieved this vision, you have access to those resources. You have access to those ideas and opportunities, and they now have access to you, where before when we're thinking from same old, same old, they're there, but they don't have access to you. So when we're building a relationship with your desire, we do what I call activate your brilliance, where now you have access to those ideas and opportunities. And as you take the action, you're taking the action from the identity as the person who already did this. And here's the remarkable thing about this. You can do this without a single thing in your world changing as of yet. You can put on and owning that you are that person before your world gives you permission. And that's when the resources and, and the opportunities start flooding to you. You can see them. You act on them. Your world begins to change. And then here's the kicker with this. As you're working with this formula, not only is your world changing, but you are learning to accommodate a new level of good. We have to literally train ourselves to let more good into our lives. And as you're working the system, you're literally training your system to allow this new level of abundance, this new level of fulfillment, this new level of good to come into your life. And you see it as your new normal. 
and you begin to assume and expect it. And so, and then it's rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, and that's the system in a nutshell. Wow. Absolutely incredible. I love it. So you're, you're basically, I, I completely understand how you said that you can, you can create and dream. We call it a, a BHAG, which is your big, hairy, audacious goal. So yeah. the bigger, the better, but when you, but then you have to build the persona that's actually living in that dream, but you have to become the person that's in that. It's almost, it's like the matrix. <laughs> it's that's a matrix. It. It's you have to believe and become the new you in order to live your new future, your new epic life. Because the old person is going to not only push back, but it doesn't belong there. You're, yeah. you're, you're, it, it's like a, building a movie and you, uh, you become the character in the movie. Because if you, if you don't absorb the characteristics of that individual, it's not going to fit in the movie, in the new dream. So, wow, I had never it exactly, heard of Jane. it, putting it that way. And it, that rings so true with imposter syndrome. Oh my gosh, that puts a whole yeah. new light on imposter syndrome. And that's the reason that you say that things will come to individuals, but they're not, they haven't taken and observed that the old, the history that we draw from is actually pulling them backwards instead of allowing them to let go and move into the new, the new them. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Wow. Yeah. You have, you have to, that you is have amazing. to have a familiarity right. with it. Yeah. I, and like you said, it's a practice. It's rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. So that then becomes your spiritual success formula. Is that right? Or is there more to that? That's it. That's the spiritual That's success it. formula because the, the spiritual element of it is owning who you really are, owning what you're connected to, understanding that you have been given, you have been divinely designed for this desire, that our desires are divinely designed, that we receive the divine inspiration and that the, the, um, um, the the process is to deepen our understanding of these laws that we've been given as a gift and that it is the path to a deeper connection with this life force energy and so it's all grounded in spiritual principle which is why i call it a spiritual success formula people right. can do it without the spiritual element but i find if you don't put the spiritual perspective into it there's still a sense of it's up to you. You're making it happen. You're grinding it out. You're going to visualize and, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's still very much of a self-reliant kind of experience. People build a great deal of success based on self-reliance. And there's an easier way. There's a funner, right. easier way to do it. Right. So then that would bring us to our next question. Uh, which is the power of dreams. And I think we've, we've addressed this a little bit. It says, yeah. what is the purpose of having a dream? And is it selfish if it's just for you? Now that is really interesting. Yeah, I love that. Question. Because we always feel that the dream, like you said, is we're here 
to love what we're doing, but also we want to make a difference. So then how does that come into play now? Yeah. And especially women, right. That the, the, Mm. when I, um, uh, work with women, um, women, they have a big desire. Uh, and I'm not saying that exclusively women, but there's a, oftentimes they'll start doing the inventory in their head in terms of who's going to be impacted if they really go after this and who are they to do this? And then it feels selfish. Here's, I'm going to flip this on your head flip this on its head. What if the selfish act is to not go for your dream? If we really understand, again, this is why it's based in spiritual principle. If you really understand who you are as this amazing being with truly unlimited potential and capability, and then understand that your desire is the way that this universal intelligence wants to wake you up, wants you to be aware of more of that brilliance that is you. And that the purpose of your desire is not necessarily to achieve what it is that you're setting out to achieve. Although that's great, right? I love my results. I, you know, I built a business that um, we're less than 10% across the seven figure mark uh, or less than 10% across the six figure mark that my business has generated millions of dollars we give tens of thousands of dollars away to charities. I'm in a relationship for 36 years. We live in a place that we absolutely love. I mean, I love my results and the purpose of your dream is not necessarily for those results. It's for the growth you will experience as a result of saying yes to the dream that wants you. So when we understand the, the, the mechanism, you know, the anatomy of our dream and understand that it is, it is a divinely designed dream, it has been divinely given to us, that it is meant for us to discover more of the amazingness that is us and to develop it and to bring it forward and to share, and that it is our beingness that actually makes the difference then we understand that when we answer the call to our dream, it's our highest service. Whether it's building out a business of transformation, like both you and I have done, or it's moving into your dream house, or it's buying your dream car, any of that will require you to grow. And it's the growth that makes the difference. So one of the things I like to say is that there is no private good. There's no private good what's good for you when it's a soul guided desire is good for everybody. Now, not Mm. everybody may agree with you and that's okay. You're following your soul's guidance to follow your soul's guidance. And the answer to the question, what would I love is the highest uh, form of impact, the highest form of difference making that you can make. So that's why it's not selfish. Right, right. That that makes total sense. Absolutely. So why do people get stuck then when it comes to building their impact and how do they get unstuck? Um, I'm feeling that yeah. a lot of this is going to come together, but this is something that a lot of women get stuck. They We do, we get stuck. Yeah. Um, and so getting unstuck is a big topic. So where how do we how do we impact and make a difference when we we feel like we're stuck 
Yeah, it's a great question. So there's a couple of different places where people get stuck. Number one, they don't believe the dream. They, mm -hmm. they, they see this dream. In fact, I just got off a call uh, with somebody who I'm really grateful it has uh, stepped in to work with me. Um, but they don't believe the dream. Like I've got a, I've got a, a client that I've worked with now for a number of years who's brilliant in terms of being a medical intuitive and really helping people um, address their uh, physical issues through uh, alternative modalities. And, and she's been tapped to bring it in a much bigger, broader, more expansive way. And when we first started working together, there were a couple of things that were going on for her. Number one, she didn't believe it. She didn't believe that she could really do this. Number two, she was afraid that it was going to mean that she was going to have to sacrifice the things that were important to her. And then number three, she was afraid of the pushback that she was going to get. What would other people think? And then number four, did she really deserve this? Did she, was she worthy of this? And so there's all these thoughts that get triggered, right? And then there's the, and everybody has a little bit of different, um, there's a unique individual uh, version for themselves around that. The overarching consensus stuck point, it's the one that everybody deals with, is that people believe more in what's going on in their world than they do in the power of the form the formative power of their imagination so they'll have a dream they'll have the vision and then they look at their world and they see their they start building a case based on what they see in their world in the land of their conditions as to why it's not possible for them to have it and that's when people start chipping away at the big dream that they'll Reduce it down to a bite-sized, manageable size. But when you reduce your dream down to a bite-sized, manageable size, what you're doing is that you're reducing your dream down to meet who you are rather than growing you to meet your dream. Mm -hmm. When you reduce your dream down to um, a manageable bite-sized um, um, size to meet you, it's like you turn the dimmer switch down inside of you. There's something inside of you that begins to feel defeated and depleted and, and uh, um, um, disappointed because deep down, you know, you're meant for more, but you're letting the part of you that looks at your world and says, oh my God, this is never going to happen. That believes in the information that the five senses gives you, or you believe more in the voice that says, this is going to take too much. I don't have what it takes. I'm already exhausting. When you believe more in those voices than you do in the power that you've been given and the power of our imagination, this is when the dimmer switch goes down and life just loses its, some of its zest and appeal and people get stuck. That's when people get stuck. You want to go forward. There's a part of you that's going to fight like crazy to keep you where you are. People get stuck when they believe the smaller voice. And that's where the... the the frustration, the discouragement, the feeling of being defeated, why bother, um, um, see it doesn't work. That's when all of that starts talking and, and people just get mired in it. Right, yes. And what they're doing when you say they lower, they dim their light is that they're lowering their vibration. Yep. So we have to all, that's why I say life is a practice. 
And one of the big things is the awareness that you're doing that. So once you become aware that you're doing it, right, then you can go yeah. and say, okay, I know what I'm doing. And is that the choice I want to make? Which means do I follow the one that's dimming my light or do I step into the new person that you say I'm zipping into? Because uh, it's a choice, right? Everything is a choice. Is. We can be a victim of our circumstances or we can choose to, to turn around and be a victor as opposed to going backwards. Yeah. That's it, Jane. And, and to realize that that gravitational pull back to that familiar is so subtle and so ingrained, you know, so back to, you know, my client, uh, Mary, you know, that she realized that the fear, she was confident and successful. And yet there was that underlying fear and, and, you know, really came to understand what was required in terms of the ongoing discipline of noticing those slight subtle shifts of moving out of being that future possibility into the status quo. You know, because when we talk about, you know, a lower vibration, your body is so accustomed to how you've been showing up. Your physiology is so trained to live at this vibrational level, to live at this level of awareness and how you're showing up. This is why I was talking about earlier that we literally have to train ourselves to accommodate higher vibrations, accommodate um, feeling better and having better results in your life. And so when Mary really let herself be with that question, what would I love? And with my help, notice the places she was dialing it down and kept, you know, watering it down and kept leaning in and leaning in. It's been breathtaking what's been happening for her. She doubled and then she doubled again and then, you know, doubled and, and just keeps growing while working half the time, like 20, 30 hours a week. She uh, joined the Silver Sneakers um basketball dance team for oh. uh, the professional uh, basketball team in her community. Now she had time and energy for that. And, you know, half time she's out there shaking her booty at 70 years old. Um, you know, rich friendships, better relationships with her family. Every area of her life has improved because of her willingness to stare down the part of her that wanted to water her dream down for lots of different reasons and really began to understand the rigor, the discipline. You talk about a daily practice yeah. and it's a moment by moment practice. Who am I being? What am I showing up? What am I expecting from life? What am I assuming? And is it matching what I'm saying I really want? And that you train yourself for that now to become your new identity and your new normal so the energy can organize consistently around it. You know, and guess what? We do that, and then there's a new one right behind it because life is never done with us. But you come to learn to trust the process. Right. Absolutely. Yes, it is. It is a it is a, a discipline and a practice. Um, but that's what that's what separates the doers from the not doers, correct? Yep. So speaking of, of of all of this coming together, what do people struggle with the most when it comes to multiplying their impact and how do they overcome it? So you may have answered some of that question um, because yeah. this is talking about how to multiply your impact. So is it that you've already come into this individual and then you feel that 
you have no more or that you have to up your game again? I'm just, uh, I'm guessing because of what you've just spoken of. Yeah, so so it's it's very similar to what keeps people, gets and keeps people stuck, right? Is that people have this information. They get it conceptually, but they don't really understand the discipline that's required of the granular application. People come to me all the time and say, I know universal laws. You know, many people distill it down into the single law of the law of attraction. I understand the law of attraction. I use the law of attraction to manifest and fill in the blank, my boyfriend, my car, my house, my job. And then they think that's it. And, and the thing that prevents people from really making their impact is that they don't really have an understanding of the ongoing application of the law. And so they'll do what I, you know, what I shared earlier in terms of episodic manifestation, they'll manifest, but they haven't done the work to be able to be able to belong in that life, to be able to sustain it. And then to trust that the next layer that's knocking at the door of their heart is not, oh, one more thing that is wrong with me or I don't, I don't get this, but to understand that it's an ongoing process of life asking you to know more of um, uh, who you are and what you're meant to do and what you're created to be. And so it's, it's, the, um, it's the devotion of your life to unlocking this power through understanding law and serving a dream. That's, that's how we continue to create our impact. That's it right there, Felicia, yeah. the devotion yeah. to your life, to the yeah. life you're meant for and the life you're here to serve. Yeah. Devotion. Yeah. And let's face it. We humans get lazy. You know, but that <laughs> devotion takes some work. You know, we love yeah. comfort. That's, yeah. that's the reptilian mind. I mean, we we want, no, hey, that's different. We don't know where we're going if we do that. That could mean risk. That could mean danger. I'm comfortable just, you know, I made some money, so now I'm good. I don't need to up my yes. game anymore. But yeah, absolutely. I could see that. So I love what you say here. You say we need to stop making it happen happen and start yeah. making it welcome oh my gosh give us some insight into that yeah so it goes back to what i was sharing earlier that um you know people know how to make stuff happen right um, um that you know you work hard you give it everything you got and you know you put your nose to the grindstone and and it's up to you and it goes back to what i was sharing earlier about this element of self-reliance that it's up to you when we really understand the power of the laws and the power behind the laws and understand that our work is to come into vibrational harmony with what we desire we can have anything that we're in harmony with and that we're taking, I'm not saying don't take action because absolutely you want to take action, but you're not taking action from the state of, oh my God, I got to do this in order to make it happen. You're taking action from a place of sheer joy. You're taking action from a place of, this is what I get to do. This is what it is to have life move through me and express um, as me. And when you're, when you're functioning from that state of awareness, now, this is when things begin to pop 
and come to you out of the blue and and it just it feels like it's just flowing and it's happening so easily because you are in harmony with what's wanting to express through you and you you're coming into our harmony with the person who's already living that life you know um, um, hanging out with my husband for the most part, we've been together for 36 years, um, is easy, right? We've known each other. I can, uh, recognize his footsteps. Um, I recognize his voice. There's a deep familiarity, um, that I have, uh, with my husband. So there's an ease to it, right? It's the same thing that as we come into a deep familiarity, with this life force energy and with the life that's wanting us, we open up and things become easy. We just allow them to come instead of having to work so hard for it. We're not making it happen. We've really learned how to uh, relax and know that it's, it's, it's coming to us. And another key piece of this is to know just how loved and supplied and nurtured and nourished you are by this universal intelligence that this life force energy wants you to thrive. It wants you to experience good, your best. And, and the more we're able to deepen our awareness of that, the more we're able to open up and know that there truly is a power at work in our lives in our favor. And we don't have to push and make it happen. We truly can open up and make it welcome. Yes. Absolutely. The pushing is what actually blocks it because you're in a different state yep. of mind. So how, being in a different state of mind means you're in a different vibration. Like, and so, but when you're welcoming it, you're opening up to what is there and you're, you're allowing it to happen as opposed to pushing it. And, and sure it will happen for you if you keep pushing, but that is, that is exhausting and it takes a lot of energy. Yeah. Yes. Exhausting. And flow is, is, you know, that's something that we all hope to achieve because that's what creates a better state of being, but also a much more stable lifestyle. And, um, also it's much better for our, our stress levels, et cetera, et cetera. So let's say now that you're in this incredible, you're, you're moving it through your journey and you've got some incredible openings and things are happening for you. How do we overcome those who feel that we are on the wrong path? They're the naysayers. When people mm. around you are discouraging you and re for realizing your dream, uh, how does one, you know, other than avoiding them, how do we get around that? Yeah. Yeah. So um, let them off the hook. And what I mean by that is most of the people around us that may be naysayers, they're the ones that are gonna be the most directly impacted by any of us going after something that's bigger than what we've known for ourselves before, right? And the very nature of dreams is one of risk. Dreams are risky. Mm -hmm. And um, um, our loved ones want us to be safe they don't want us to be disappointed. They don't want us to be hurt. And quite frankly, they're going through their mind thinking, how is this going to impact me? 
So it's one of the reasons why I stay in communities of like-minded people who are not are not going to be hugely impacted, whether it works for me or not. Um, and I, I don't demand my husband necessarily is 100% supportive, which he is. And there's times, you know, especially in the beginning when I started this journey of building my business, I left what I was doing before and started building this, that he was a little scary and wobbly. And I had to give him the room and the grace to struggle with his own journey, realizing that my actions are going to make him uncomfortable. So I had to love him enough to be uncomfortable with the choices that I was making, knowing that my choices were best for me and ultimately they were best for him and go to people who could support me um, in a way that I needed it so then I could receive the support that my husband was giving me in the way that he could at that time. So let them off right. the hook. Don't ask them for something that they're just not able to give you in the moment and, and, and think that they're not um, um, providing you with what you need. And then in that case, you can start looking for ways that they are there to support you. Like, you know, when I first started this business, I was living, I, I was living in the Southeast, not on the East Coast, but um, uh, I was living in Tennessee and I would drive to speak to places. And even though, you know, Michael might've been a little shaky about what I was doing, he'd still take my car down and make sure that the there was air in the tires and my oil was changed and I, I I had a full tank, you know, that was his way of supporting me. Even though his words may not necessarily support me in the moment, his actions said, all right, I, this may scare me, but I'm going to support you in what you're doing by making sure that your car is in good running condition for you to get out on the road. And because I wasn't demanding that he agree 100% with what I was doing, I was able to see that and appreciate that and get busy proving what you're doing. I mean, now he's all about it, right? He retired <laughs> seven years early. You know, we're living in a place that we love. He's like, yeah, what do you need me to do? I'm right, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing an event next week. How can I help? Um, you know, he sees the proof. He's got the, the evidence, but in the beginning, not so much. And so yeah. I had to love him in his discomfort, not let it stop me and surround me myself with people who could support me in the way that I needed it. Beautiful. Love them in their discomfort. That's yeah. absolutely the key. I know it's it, when you've got a lot going on, that's, you know, it's, it's another ask, but it's coming from your higher self. So it's yeah. yes. Okay. I will love you in your discomfort. <laughs> so yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Absolutely. Right. So that was beautiful, Felicia. Thank you for that information, because I know uh, a lot of individuals who are stepping out and it is scary. And it, it there are a lot of people, like you said, they're just in their way looking out for your betters, your 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 well-being. You know, they they in their way, they're loving you. But you just have to understand that, it, you know, that will will just love them back in their discomfort. So perfect, absolutely. So how do people discover what their purpose is in life and the impact that they are supposed to make? Go back to the simplest but most profound question: What would I love? Mm. When you really end, because people are like, "Oh my God, what's my purpose? What's my purpose?" You know, whatever it could be simple, and it is simple in my book. 
if you really just let yourself hear, so what is it that I would really love? And allow that to begin to take form and emerge. That is your highest purpose. Living a life that you love is your highest purpose. So not a lot of words around that. Just keep asking the question, what would I love knowing that is your highest purpose? That makes it so simple. I love that. The reason is that, you know, there are books upon books been written have that have been written on how to find your purpose and they all have some very meaningful information in them but it becomes a journey just finding your purpose you know and then you spend months years even you know trying to find your purpose but when you start with those simple questions oh my gosh that's like okay i can do this (laughs) because i want to get on with my purpose right i don't want to make finding my purpose my purpose, because <laughs> unfortunately that's, <laughs> that's what it, it becomes sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So life's too short. Just... Yes. Life is too short. So thank you for that. Wonderful. Building impactful work. What is the most important thing to consider when building your work so that it makes an impact? Again, I'm just going to keep bringing you back to the question. Do what you love. When you're truly doing what you love and not watering it down and not making, you know, negotiating with yourself around, um, you know, what you think you can do when you're really doing what you love, that is your highest impact. And so just keep asking, do I love this? Like I, I had this on my calendar today and it's like, oh my God, I get to hang out with Jane. I love that. This is so The fact that I'm here doing what I love, it's not so much the act of being on a podcast interview with you, which it is, but the fact that I'm loving this is what's making the impact. And so you just keep checking back in. Notice when you find yourself um, uh, making allowances or um, wanting to uh, step back or water it down. Every time you step away from what brings you most alive, you are stepping away from your purpose. So you develop the ability to notice what you're noticing, noticing when you're watering it down or you're negotiating with what you love and lean in and recognize that this is a divinely designed desire. And when I say yes to what brings me most alive, it is my highest contribution. It is the way I make the greatest impact. Mm. Yes, absolutely. So I'm curious how you came to the name Impact Multiplier because I thought that was brilliant. When I saw your also known as the Impact Multiplier, did that come to you divinely or was that something that uh, you tapped into a marketing individual? I just find that that is the best way to describe what you do. Oh, thank you, Jane. Well, I've been working with Impact for a while. And then, yes, I had uh, somebody who took a look at my stuff and said, oh, my God, you're the Impact Multiplier. You need a name. You're the Impact. It's like when they, you know, so they were divinely inspired. And when they said it, it's like, boom. All right. You're right. That's it. I am the Impact Multiplier. So all of us can become an Impact Multiplier, putting these principles to work. Well, here's the thing. We're impacting in some way, shape, or form. And the way we're impacting is multiplied, right? So the question is, am I creating a high vibration impact or am I creating a low vibration impact? Mm. 
And so it's to recognize that we're all making impact and then to get super deliberate about the kind of impact we want to make. And that's right. living from the question, what would I love? What would I love? Right. Become a deliberate impact or mul impact multiplier. What would you love? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. So where can people find out more about what you do, where you're going to be and, um, you know, some of the events that you've got coming up? Yeah. So of course, my website, FeliciaCircy.com. And then I have a gift, you know, and we've been talking about vision, if that's okay. Can I yes, share? Yes, absolutely. Please. Okay. Um, so we've been talking about how vision is foundational to everything. So what I've done is I put together a visioning uh, toolkit, my spiritual success system, um, a visioning toolkit, where I um, created a meditation for you to listen deeply to what it is that you would love. I created um, written instructions to help you understand the art and the science to write out your vision. And then I gave you a daily practice. Once you have your vision, here's how to effectively work with your vision on a daily basis. So you can get that by going to FeliciaCircy.com forward slash spiritual success. So FeliciaCircy.com forward slash spiritual success download that grab that you're going to get a series of emails to help you stay on track with that you'll be able to keep me posted with what's happening and then of course you know you'll receive emails letting you know where i'm at what what i'm up to in the world and you know some things that you may want to engage in so that would be the best way to get me and then of course my website right right and we'll have all that contact information available as well on your epic vision zone bio pages so thank you for that what a generous gift i'm i'm going to grab it for myself as well for sure Good. so if there was one critical message felicia that you could share with the world what would it be yeah and i'm going to reiterate what i've shared several times throughout um, our conversation today that desire is not your desire. It is a divinely designed desire. It's not selfish. It's not self-centered. It's not arrogant. It is a divinely designed desire. And when you recognize the nature and the origin of your desire and embrace it and allow it to transform you at depth as you are creating the life that you love, truly, this is your highest impact, your highest contribution to our world. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And yeah. because we're here on the Epic Vision Zone, I have one last question for you. If your life were an epic story, what would the title be? If my life was an epic story, my life is an epic story. So uh, uh, the title would be, this is it. This is me. Yeah, because it, it already is epic. Right, right. Well, perfect. Absolutely perfect. Well, I wanted to thank you once again, Felicia, for joining us here today. I have learned so much and there are so many brilliant pieces taken from this interview. Thank you for again for your brilliance and your impact. And for more information, um, you can go to Felicia's website at FeliciaSiri.com. We'll have that also on the Epic Vision Zone bio pages, as mentioned before, including her, her gift to you. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at Jane Applegath. And don't forget to reach out to me at JaneApplegath.com 
where you can access your free download, The Keys to Your Dreams. I look forward to connecting with you. And this is the Epic Vision Zone, transforming your dreams into epic success.